I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? Dudes and dudettes, metalheads, raise those horns. It's time for Roast Mortem, the heaviest show ever. Squeal, 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 squeal! Brother. Uh, in all seriousness, welcome to Roast Mortem. It's the only show worth quoting on any of your research papers. My name is Tom. My name is Travis uh, Terrifying Riffs Lee. And all the Sorry. way from not for human consumption, we have Dylan, friend of the show. What's happening, guys? How's it going? Hell yeah. It's going, man. We reached out to you because, I mean, I listen to the show all the time, and I know your love for our subject, or maybe lack thereof, love. <laughs> listen, I am a fan. Big influence on me as a musician, but their fans kind of ruin it for me, honestly. I think, I think Pantera fans might be the worst fan base. Before we get into shredding guitars and... Bees in a jar style guitar tones. Dylan, how was your week? Um, my week is going pretty good, you know. Happy to be here. I don't think I've been on with you guys. You've been you've been on with us. We've had drinking competitions. We've done a lot of nonsense. But I think it's the first time I've been over here, so pretty stoked yeah, about that. Yeah, we're trying to collect them all. I mean we had we had Matt on. Yeah. Uh we had your your shitty despicable human uh ex host on. We just need Jay, and now we need uh, um, Walt. Well, Jay's fucking upstairs. I could just go have him just sit behind me and just yell loudly in the background. That's a good idea. Can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, I think uh should be able to get us all in there. And you guys are slowly going to come back on our show, too. I think you're coming on this week, Travis, and then we need to get you on, too. So oh, it's yeah. nice to break it up and not have fucking, like, Eight people trying to talk over each other through video calls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Mike told me he wasn't going to show up tonight last minute, as he does, in true Mike form. And I was kind of relieved. Because, yeah, what the hell? You know, Leave now. some room. Yeah, three of us, we have a little more um, speaking. We're not talking over each other. It's mm-hmm. not total chaos, especially in such a, um informed uh, biography that we're about to go into. But, Travis, how was your week? Oh, my week was all right. Uh, I went down to the coast of Oregon, or actually Washington, sorry. Uh, listened to some jazz, swingy music, and uh, watched some fireworks. And yeah, it was a very weird hotel we stayed in. They had a distillery there, and it was like spa. It was like all of it, dog. Um, but it's not like it's not like going down to Aruba or anything. This is the coast of Washington. It's very cold. So you just kind of sit on the beach and shiver. Gee, I haven't uh, been up there in a long time. I need to get back up that way. I like it up there. It's nice. It, PNW. There's this weird thing. I feel like uh, I've met more people in Oregon that either are from Arizona or like vice versa. I feel like they're like sister state states. Apparently, I don't know if it's fucking true, but Springfield, Oregon is supposed to be the Simpsons Springfield. 
Like, that's where the creator is from. Like, you went to college there or some shit. So I don't know if it's fact, but the people that live there love to fucking tell you about it. Oh, yeah. In my, the neighborhood I'm in, all of the characters of The Simpsons are named after all the roads. So we have, like, Flanders Street and uh, Quimby, like, all these, like, different... They actually just built the bridge. It was the Ned Flanders Bridge. It's a pedestrian bridge. Wait, and really? Matt Groening showed up and signed it or something. I don't know. He would. He just would. <clears throat> Tom, what about your week? Hmm. Thanks for asking, Travis. We're just coming out of New Year's. So, um, as that was within the week, on New Year's Eve, I got very drunk and I listened to uh, CKY. What a nice. Oh. Yeah. Change it up. Every now and then you need something uh, that is, it has a low grumble, it makes you believe in rock and roll. And then you, know you realize cool that it's all falling apart. Anyway, like they have the they have the coolest synth guitar tone that exists. Oh yeah, dude, it's just great party music. It is. It's really good music. Which album were you listening to? Just a mix. Um, it was the one with uh, "Flesh into Gear." The something rebuild, destroy, rebuild. That's the something one. Yeah, that, yeah. Just Who a remembers good one. that? I like. That was fun. Uh, dude, I listen to them frequently. Like. I'll just throw them on random in a mix, just like a. Usually that one, uh, their one hit. Uh, Ninety six, quite bitter beings. Yeah, because it's just a. It makes you feel good. Yeah. So that I mean, guitar I, riff makes you feel good. I don't know why it just fucking does. I'm really glad that they got Don Vito on vocals for all of their songs. <laughs> Actually, their vocalist uh, was kicked out of CKY, and now he has another project called Ninety Six, quite bitter beings. Uh, and he's also married to Felissa Rose of Sleepaway Camp fame. Oh. So that's fun. Little right. knowledge that, uh, that's... Some deep knowledge. Little useless at the moment. See, this is why I'm so excited for this show, because, you know, Dylan has a music background. Tom has a music background. We're going to be dealing with a musical man that likes to have small amounts of weed and probably doesn't get it up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, Travis... Uh, we who are you doing tonight? Who is it? All right. All right, boys. Tonight we are doing a dive bomb into Metal God Dimebag Daryl of the Groove. Yeah, the Groove Metal Band according to Wikipedia, Pantera. Also, Damage Plan, mm. Rebel Meets Rebel, and fucking probably some other shit that wasn't that good. Yeah. I don't know. Pantera was the only one that really was any fucking good. Yeah, oh, yeah. Pantera is the one that stuck. <laughs> a damage plan may have taken off, but we will never know. <laughs> never know. Big old question. You know, question another mark. dead musician, uh, the singer of Drowning Pool, was supposed to be the singer of Damage Plan. Oh, he died, know. though, on a tour bus, as you do on hmm. OzFest. On yeah, Oz, I, during I, OzFest, of course. Yes. So we're gonna take we're gonna be taking a stroll down Dimebag and his by proxy his brother Vinny Paul also dead, also and dead. Yeah, their career from a Texas cover band to arguably one of the most influential metal bands in history. Dog. Amen to that. It's probably true. It's probably true because every fucking local band tries to sound like Pantera for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah. Um, uh, 
growing up on Long Island, like people people on Long Island also think they're from Texas. Like if you see the the lifts on trucks and uh, all that stuff that goes on. Uh, oh, really? You guys got that over there? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Huh. Where we're at in Suffolk County, it's it's a very red place. Like they love that shit. We're just like overtaken by um, meat. Uh, yeah, the old uh, New York City and their population. But yeah, uh, for Red Island, uh, Red Island, Long Island is just like all rednecks. Red Island. That's what I'm calling it from now on. Red Island. Yeah, yeah Red Island. And I'm red talking Island. about that '70s show, Red. Yeah, Dylan. I know you have an affinity towards um, you know cowboy hats. There's a lot of those going on on Long Island out east. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just not a good look, I, dude. That's that's a touchy subject. We can't. I mean, we can talk about dead people and how shitty they were but we let's leave cowboy know, hats we, alone but we, we okay. don't get canceled here yeah we can't All we right. can't get into that one that's for sure so, so i gotta be honest here uh questionable confederate flag guitars aside dimebag <laughs> sounded like a pretty premium boy i mean he was probably really awesome to throw down party with um he probably was pretty cringy because he he definitely was one of those metal yeah, guys, you know, overboard metal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Posturing I did metal. dig up some fun little things um, about about Dime. But I'm going to be honest here: the roast is mainly going to be about, as you mentioned, Pantera fans and also yeah. Pantera's singer Phil Ansamo. He's not dead. But he's a real big asshole. I think he's <laughs> He'll great. He'll die eventually. Yeah. And then you can listen to this again. Yeah. House Core Records. Met- I, 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 uh, I like some of what he does. Continue. Dude, I'm a fan. See, once again, I'm a fan of the music and the, well, not really so much Phil. He kind of does dumb shit, but like their fan base just makes you want to fucking talk shit about him. That's true. Very true. <sighs> You're begging for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, one more thing before we jump into this uh, whole life of dime. Um, I want to mention, I've read a lot of really shitty biographies for this show, um, but my main source, a book called Black Tooth Grin by Zach Cran, probably the worst. So I know he's not listening, but Zach, if I, we don't care that you wrote for Spun Magazine. Your storytelling, metal god dick-sucking, lack of chronology, and random fucking quotes from movies that you like. Is it like a fan fiction? Dude, it is so bad. So every single chapter starts with a quote, and I I wrote some of the great ones down here. Uh, Heritage, not hate, brother. Yeah, no. This one. uh, Once it hits your lips, it's so good. Frank the Tank from Old School. (laughs) What? And, uh, And... where is the rebel brate? Where, where is the rebel base? Grand Moff Tarkin, Star Wars: A New Hope. <laughs> what the hell is going on? I mean, shout out to Peter Cushing, but f- for yeah. fuck's sake, what are you doing? Like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> well, I think Pantera documented so much of their doings. You could probably pick out some some moments in just their home video type shit of like. Man, you can't get away with that shit today, bud. Yeah, little, oh yeah. There's there's a lot of uh there's a lot of weirdness back then the, <laughs> the 90s metal guys. Also, remember in the 90s was pre-internet when one people like people's sense of humor was based around what funny movies they had seen and then quoting mm-hmm. them to each other. So that might have something to do with this guy's uh poor writing style. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
Like, I, how many times in my life have I heard, uh, you know, someone just quoting Spaceballs? I know we ain't found shit, like for no reason. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, Dumb and is, dumber all day long. I do it every yeah, day. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm guilty, is, but it's uh, it's a different world. I'm not writing a book. I'm not going to write st- my favorite Star Wars <laughs> quotes in a book about a musician. But anyway, that without further ado, let's talk about the man of the hour, Daryl Lance Abbott. So he was born in Innes, Texas, uh, August 20th, 1966, to Carol and Jerry Abbott. Now, Daryl was number two of the Abbott brood. His older brother, Vincent Paul Abbott, was born two years before Daryl. It's a little combo, you know what I mean? It's combo boys. Yeah. Vincent Paul. You don't really hear that much. No. It's always Vinnie Paul. Yep, it's Vinnie Paul. Paul. Vincent. It's nice, but it's different. So Sounds we, a little foreign for Texas, honestly. Definitely. Well, this guy, uh, Jerry was a, a cultured man, a, mu- a okay, musician okay. man, you know? He, he, he's very involved in music. So we've done a bunch of rock stars before on the show and it's always nice to hear a story about like say Jimi hendrix who like need to scrap together money just to afford a guitar or that episode you know. is great by the way oh thank, thank you. you um but yeah it's always good to hear those guys that like really tried to like make it in the you know they had a passion for music mm-hmm. obviously when you get talent like that it just kind of comes naturally but they really worked for it now these the abbott boys uh, zero effort involved because Jerry owned a music studio in Arlington, Texas. So pretty Sons much, bitches. yeah, pretty much their instruments were handed to them as soon as they could use their old little digits. And yeah, there you go. I wonder if Pantera fans know that. No, that would probably ruin some of the uh, the allure of how rough and tough they are. Yeah, like he had to fucking earn that guitar. Like, no, nah, he just they just handed him one. Yeah, it was it was always there for him. Yeah. They grew up in a music studio with all these, and Jerry was big into country country music. So they grew up around all of these different country stars. And then, you know, there's in this book, it's like Daryl watched the players like every day and studied their fingers. Yeah, you know, and just like a point on that, I don't. That's not a bad thing that people are surrounded by that and have opportunities to do that. But people like the mystique and like the um, the illusion of the grind so much. Right. Really, I, I I think that's fine, but I could definitely see someone being like, "No, nah, man, they had to work extra hard." You know, there's a story about his guitar. Well, you'll get into it. Yeah. Um. So Jerry had a goal. Their father, Jerry, had a goal to make their kids musicians. There's actually a story where Vinnie Paul wanted to place tuba in the school band, and Jerry was like, "No, no, no, dog, you're not gonna make money playing that fart machine." And then bought him a brand new drum kit, and that's what started him on the drumming, drumming. Man. I had to beg and beg and beg for a drum set. It took so long. God damn it. I had to beg for one, too, and I didn't get it. Dude, I, it's just a money pit. You, you didn't miss didn't miss out on anything. Fair enough. I begged for McDonald's every day when I was a child, and I usually got it. <laughs> and that's how I am the way I am. Uh, beautiful. Slightly round, Be- but beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gorgeous. Body positive. <laughs> so, Tantalizing, the- even. <laughs> So Daryl and Vinny were pretty much entitled kids. Um, and as you mentioned, there was... Um, hold on a sec. Um, so, yeah, their dad owned a studio in Arlington, Texas. 
Their family moved to Arlington right after Daryl was born. And if you have no clue about Texas, Arlington is conveniently located between Dallas and Fort Worth. So on top of this, you know, uh, being exposed to the music studio, the Abbott boys had plenty of exposure in the local scenes, mm -hmm. which is something that uh, that Dylan on his show, NFHC, go into a lot. Local <laughs> bands. Yeah. Local bands are everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Most of them suck. Amen. They're growing up with them local bands. They're hearing all them local bands. Now, Tom, you mentioned the shitty me metal, like, there's always this lore around how someone becomes a guitar god. <laughs> Definitely in the Shredder now, world, for sure. Oh, yeah. So, the mythic way that uh, Daryl acquired his shredding abilities, you know, remember, Daryl's coming of age in the late 70s and 80s, and Daryl had two favorite bands that inspired him to shred. Number one, Van Halen. Ken Shred, absolutely. Number two, Garbage Monsters. Kiss. It's good. Fucking. <laughs> I don't know why people like Kiss. I don't either. I don't uh, get it. I will say they're probably, if you're introduced to the aesthetic of Kiss first, it's a huge let letdown. If you were to hear it on the <laughs> oh, radio yeah. and go, okay, all right. But, like, I remember it's, when I was younger seeing Kiss for years before I heard them. And then when I first heard, like, Lick It Up, I was like, ah, this, this is not, not so tough. Yeah, no. I think maybe you had to be there for it. Sure. Yeah. When it was, like, fresh and hot. But, Guys but, with painted on their face like clowns playing rock and yeah, roll at me and drinking at me. Now you expect black metal when you see that, and you're like, "Well, it's because the minute. parents hated Kiss, so that's what made Kiss cool." Good they point. were talking about licking vaginas and touching their peepees, yeah, and doing fucking... drugs. They're talking about partying every night and then uh, rock and rolling every night. I forget the words. I'm really botching <laughs> that one. Partying sometimes in moderation and doing your schoolwork every morning. Now, before school, I, I'm like going to say that I'm going to throw this out there that they were ripping off Catchy. slaughters up all night, sleep all day. That was probably ripped off by Slim Gaylord's up all night, sleep all night, which I just made up the second one. But <laughs> you get hey, why my not? Point. You just you just started a, a metal legend. You started a, a rock legend. So the story goes that Daryl locked himself in his room for 13 days, listening just to Van Halen, Kiss, and Black Sabbath. And he emerged a rock and roll guitar god. Reasonable. This is, this is what they believe, huh? This is what they believe. Okay. When in reality, uh, Father Jerry had to learn a bunch of shitty hair metal licks and taught Daryl how to play guitar. <laughs> That's the reality. Of it. <laughs> That's fine, too. Yeah, yeah, why not? It's okay. It's okay to be bad. Yeah. Everyone's Somehow, bad for a while. Most people just continue being bad. I suck at guitar. See, but I like this, like, Pokemon, like, cocooning, like, crystallizing into, like, a little cocoon, and he emerges as Dimebag Daryl. It's that's neat for, like, a high school kid that's, like, starting out to play guitar, you know? And, like, he picks up his first pointy guitar and is like, yeah, I'm going to fucking go to my room for 13 days like Dimebag, and then he's going to come out and still suck so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so the some of his, Yeah, some of his friends, his early friends, say they remember Daryl's signature loogie wall, which was a wall in his bedroom where Daryl would hawk loogies while he practiced. 
Well, just imagine a shitty, moldy, like sticky, crusty wall that you know Dime was practicing next. Can't time. slow down. Can't slow down, up. Squirrel. That's fucking gross. Right? We had a, a house. Yeah, right in his room. Man. Right in his room. Well, I hope they used like an eggshell finish, and it wasn't something matte that really soaked through. I I remember in the on the fencing team we had a loogie locker where we all just like used to loogie into one locker and it was like you know when you got those things um like the growing crystals that you put in you know like the water and they grow really long yeah it's just like loogie stalactites and shit That's like that so. fucking disgusting yeah yeah I Sports. hated that kid too I I like spitting in his locker <laughs> So, in 1981, older brother Vinny was looking to form a band. He's got, he's, Vinny's a drummer. He's playing his drums. Now, with a few of his guys, lead singer uh, Terry Glaze, best name, uh, Tommy Bradford, and Donnie Hart. He's like, Vinny's like, let's all get together. I know how to play drums. My dad already has a studio, so no one can yell at us. Let's do it. Oh, God. That's awesome. Yeah. You know high school bands, right? Rock and roll. Fuck yeah. Now, Vinny, Vinny, I guess he was joining this uh, high school band, but he was like, look, I'm not going to be your drummer unless if my kid brother Daryl uh, is able to fucking shred. And I remember Daryl's like 16 and Vinny's like 18. So he's a younger kid. No one wants to play with a younger kid. These, ki- these, oh. these young men are drinking. 18, able to drink. Yeah, and little Dimebag Daryl's out there playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> Who yeah. wants to have that around? He's looking for his buttered free. Uh, fucking Daryl's coming. Uh, God damn it, dude. Yeah, well, that's what Bradford and Hart, they're like, fuck that. I'm not being in this band uh, if Dimebag's in it. So uh, good for them because they lost out on a lot of money. Hey, do <laughs> we out. get to find out how he got his name, Dimebag? Do you- oh, yeah. Okay, oh, good. Yeah. I'm just I I actually do not know that. So so we're I'm just calling him Dimebag right now. Right now he doesn't go as Dimebag. He's just just Daryl Abbott. Um. So the band these two guys dropped out. The band found a good bass player, which you know you, I don't know you put it out in the paper. Do you know a bass? And then somebody comes back. This guy Rex Brown, who used to go uh, as Rex Rocker, you know, real metal. <laughs> Well, well, that just um, ruined some illusion. Yeah. <laughs> like Rex Brown. Big fan. Rex Rex Brown is a good metal bass player name. Yeah, right? It's short yeah. and sweet, you know? It's got an X in it. It's fucking yeah. metal, dude. <laughs> but but now he's Rex Rocker. <laughs> like he's rocking on some cocker. Gosh. <laughs> and thus... Well, it's Pente- the 80s, though, right? So, yeah. like, it's glammy. Yeah. It's a little glammy that, around that time. Yeah, so so with Rex Brown, Pantera was born. Mr. Glaze on vocals, Rex on bass, Vinny on drums, and Dimebag playing guitar. Now I'm going to ask it, because I know a lot of people at home are thinking this. What happened to this Terry Glaze? Because everyone likes a good glazing. <laughs> oh, dude, he's, he's going to be glazing with the band for almost a decade. So the thing is before we get into the early pantera i want to do a little dora the explorer moment does anyone know what pantera means in espanol uh, uh sure panther 
Yay! Oh, I had a feeling. Even though none of the members of the band are Spanish, they just thought Pantera sounded cool. Well, I mean, they lived in Texas. It's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Now they probably get ready for the show. I ate a lot of Tex Mex. Yeah. And I passed out for a few hours. Now I'm here. Smelling like a black tooth grin or something. You know, we were chatting about that before you joined, Dylan, and uh, I don't. I don't think I can look at those bottles sitting around for that long because I don't want to drink that garbage. Yeah, no, it's ugh. Yeah, I was like, I got shit to do. I'm not going to drink that shit. No, no but they not. thought Pantera sounded cool. I mean, I feel like nowadays maybe they might be the build the wall type people, but. Uh... <laughs> we have a strip club, or it used to have a strip club here called Pantera's, I believe. So, you know. Ooh, the Panthers. I think it's a good name. Yeah. I believe it's so, a good name, and I won't take it back. It's a good name. It's stuck around for a long, long time. So this version of Pantera, I'm going to call them like Beta Pantera. Beta. Um, because it was basically just an average hair metal Van Halen-style band. Uh, basically sounds nothing like Pantera, like the, that the metalheads cream their jeans to. Yeah. Um, Certain metalheads will cream to anything, is what I've learned. It's true. It's true. That's very true. Very true. Getting juiced. Um, So uh, you won't actually find these early Pantera records because they don't list them on like Spotify or anything. You can find them on YouTube. I was going to play a little clip in a sec. Um but uh, because half of the members of this early beta Pantera were the Abbott brothers and their dad owned, a, owned and operated a music studio called Pantago Sound, they were able to record an album in 1982 creatively named Metal Magic. Personally, I like Glaze's vocals more than Phil's. <laughs> I, I like my hair right, metal. Now I'm you know? turning it off. Now I'm turning it off. You say something like that, you're toast. Yeah, that's, that's... <sighs> yeah, play a little bit of that in post. All right. Well, look, man, you have a bad opinion about Terry Glaze being better than Phil Anselmo. <laughs> that's, that's fact. Uh, if, if Phil Anselmo's name was Jizz Anselmo, do you think you'd like him more? <laughs> I know you. I know what you I look I think for. I would. I think I would. Okay. I think I would. Uh, he grunts a lot. He just has a good growl, but he doesn't have a good... <sighs> oh, he has a great... <sighs> no, I, uh, He's got a cemetery I, gates, brother. What are you talking about? Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, man. You forgot about it. It's okay. I understand. You've been doing a lot of research. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of research, chugging a lot of these uh, heavy metal trulies. So as the 80s chugged on, uh, Pantera basically just became a local band, a cover band in the Dallas-Fort Worth area because no one wanted to hear their fucking shitty album. They're like, play play Van Halen. Fuck yeah. All right. Freebird! Freebird! <laughs> um, so Daryl was not known as Dimebag just yet, but he went by Diamond Daryl Lance. Lance being his middle name. 
Don't I mean, know about that one, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> rough. You know, Lance is one of those names that was meant to be like it. It, it got proper usage in in sync. Like, yeah, Lance was born to be in a boy band for sure. Right, and Bryce was born to be a camp counselor. Bryce. Yeah, it's good. It's like rice. So, uh, Diamond Diamond Daryl, as he would, he he acquired the name Dimebag Daryl before it became kind of like a well known. But uh, up until the mid '90s, he was known as Diamond Daryl. Or they kind of dropped the lance after a while. He's like, eh, I don't know about the lance. Diamond Daryl was really the star of the show for Pantera. The kid could play. Um, he. Worked at uh, at, during this time, he worked at a shitty little photo lab, which is a non existent job now. Um, and the band scraped by enough where, like, they could he was able to drop the photo lab thing. And Daryl also supplemented his income by entering tons and tons of shredding competitions to the point where he, like, he won all of these competitions to the point where he got banned from competing. They're like, You're too good, you can't play guitar in our little event well 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 that's that's actually pretty impressive i didn't know that either yeah so pantera played so like yeah so the early Pantera beta pantera uh played hard into like the van halen rock star lifestyle i mean they weren't famous or anything uh you know they had the spandex they had the big hair um, and as lead singer Glaze, Terry Glaze, Mr. Mr. Jizz, said, they look like a bunch of girls. And then he used a bunch of, uh, bunch of the uh, homosexual language describing what they also look like. This was an interview from, like, the 90s. So. Oh, a bunch of RuPaul's, they said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, uh, this book had a lot of gamer words in it. Oh, I could imagine that it was uh, <laughs> full of just... I don't, did, did anyone proofread it? Was it like actually easy to read or re, did you just struggle a little bit? Dude, it was so hard to read. It was really hard. Uh, it was all over the place. Uh, and there were some good parts of it, but mainly it was shit that I could have just read on Wikipedia. So, <laughs> waste my time. Those yeah, are the there. best bios. Um, so now, uh, when... Pan- this Beta Pantera went on regional tours. They pretended to be rock stars. So they would go into their hotel room and they would flip around all the light shades and tilt the pictures on the wall, but they never cause any damage because they like didn't have the money to to, to do that. <laughs> yeah, who does? Well, yeah, I know, but then they'd have like their their They'd have like the girls and like the guys come back like, look how much of a rock star we are. Right. It's all optics. It's uh, yeah, you know you gotta sure. look a certain way. I you know if you're gonna make it in the business, you gotta do what you can. Play yeah. the pre pre internet, you could lie a lot too. Oh yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. You could get so many jobs without having any credentials. God, so damn good. It. I wish. Um, I wish. So besides the rocker look, like I said, they're pretty tame. They were big drinkers on their tour. They're, uh, they were described as a traveling kegger. But Vinny, Paul, and Daryl, um, to some extent, were very, very anti-drug, stating that there's a reason why it's illegal. Okay. That was their defense. They would have voted for Trump for sure, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, brother. 
Wow. <laughs> Ted Cruz guys. Well, you know, when I think <laughs> rock and roll, I think Ted Cruz. Oh, yeah. Know what I'm saying? So, fun fact, uh, Matt from our podcast, NFHC podcast, uh, has a metal band called Virulent, and there's a song about Ted Cruz, and it's pretty fucking metal. So, oh, I can see Ted Cruz's metal. It's called Ted Cruz is a Zodiac Killer. It's pretty great. <laughs> okay. uh, well, yeah, I could see him. Yeah. Some facts uh, are he, metal. He, yeah. Totally he does inspired his Zodiac by killing. Yeah, he does his Zodiac killing down in Puerto Rico. Um, They're on his trail here. Yeah. <laughs> so you might be scratching your head. You're like, the dude's name is Dimebag Daryl. How can Daryl be anti-drug? Um, so around this time, 83, 84, Dimebag, at least with his friends, or Daryl, at least from his friends, got the name Dimebag Daryl. Because he would only carry a dime bag's worth of weed on him. Because he was afraid that if he got caught, he'd get in trubs. So it's not like a cool thing. Like he smokes a lot of weed or like, you know, like uh, he's like a Snoop Dogg man. Obviously when he became famous, everyone wanted to get high with him. But it just started with the fact that he's essentially a moocher. Like, you know, he only carries a dime bag, like just little bats of weed. (laughs) He's tight as hell. That's why he got the nickname. He's not yeah. like tight because he shreds. He's tight because he's cheap, you know? He's fucking dime bagging it over here. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fun to know. Yeah, so everyone's like, here comes dime bag Daryl. What, you, you pass the blunt? No, you can't even roll one. <laughs> ah, man, fucking put your weed away. Just like, don't tell him we have anything. <laughs> yeah, right? You're better off empty handed. He would be cool. He's just going to fucking play Darryl. guitar. Yeah. <laughs> All he does is fucking play guitar and fucking smoke our weed. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I would like totally throw down on that blunt with you, but like, I only got this, bro. Do you think he's Wonderwalling it? Like at every fucking little party? Like he's an acoustic guitar and he's just fucking that annoying guy? Oh, yeah. Shredding an acoustic in the corner? I think it's worse because he's not, he's probably not doing songs. He's probably like. Yeah, he's just like this is uh this is some Ingve Malmstein shit I learned. Uh and every girl's like scratching their head like what? What's uh what what are you, what are you doing here? Well, uh, and also like um so I watched his like last interview um spoilers 2004. Um and he like this he enters the interview place and he immediately just picks up a guitar and just like it was an electric guitar and just like starts making noise with it. You know, he's like, <laughs> like all spaz, just like, bruh, 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 me. Like, That's it's not sick. even plugged in. It's just like, dude, well, you got to check the action. It's just the sound of the strings yeah. on an electric yeah. guitar, like, yeah. not amplified. That's rough. Yeah. It's awesome. It's so metal. So, Daryl was, he might not smoke too much, at least at this point, but he was a very big drinker, and he was always described as a lovable, lovable oaf of a drunk. Um, although sometimes he would take it too a bit too far, like just pissing on his roadies, uh, free roadies, mind you. These are like friends that came along and, you know, give him a little pee-pee, a little oh, golden shower. He's a rock star. I mean, it's not of those. You know, there was a conversation where like, man, you just let him treat you like that? <laughs> I'd take a bullet for dying bag, you know what I mean? Like, you know that conversation happened way back when? Oh, yeah. It had to have. He can piss on me all he wants. He's going to be a star, brother. 
also he's he's pee yeah he peed on this person wearing spandex like i've never actually worn spandex but i imagine that's kind of weird to do there's no fly like your dick and balls are just hanging over the spandex <laughs> you actually have to bring them down past your knees yeah <laughs> and then pee us off of a bus that a public yeah. bus not a tour bus rock and roll <laughs> rock and roll metal so now that I've emptied my bladder after talking about the fact that Dimebag peed on people in spandex. All right, so Pantera has was back then and was always very much a dude band. I mean, I feel like, Tom, most of the shows I've been with you that I go to, like these metal bands, is a very dude-oriented crowd. That's just the nature of the beast. It's music by dudes for dudes. For dudes. My girlfriend just chimed in, incels. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I still have yet to uh, get married again. You know, it's only been <laughs> once. I don't know how. <laughs> so there weren't that many girls at a lot of Beta Pantera shows, um, but there was one girl that showed up to every show, and that was Rita Haney. I thought you were going to say that, Mom. Yeah, <laughs> ma well, Mom showed up too. Carol, Carol Abbott, she was there. That's Cheer my on. boys. Yay! Hello, Mrs. That's my Abbott. Boy. Look That's at the boys. That's my dime bag. <laughs> Look at them in their spandex. Your spandex, Mom. Yeah, these are these are from Sears. Oh, that's your father's spandex. <laughs> He's a jazz man. <laughs> so Daryl had known Rita since the third grade, um, and in 1984 they became boyfriend and girlfriend. And that's Hot. the way it stayed until Daryl's death in 2004. Wow. Not one yeah. for committing, eh? Nope, nope, nope. Mm. Um, yeah. Now, this friendship or uh, courtship would come in handy. 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 Professionally. Mm -hmm. um, we will okay. talk about how handy it becomes. Are you going to tell us now or later? A little bit. Just keep that okay. in mind. Just just think of the handy. <laughs> so, Beta Pantera comes out with two more albums uh, using their dad's studio. Uh, uh, Projects in the Jungle in 1984 and mm. I Am the Night in 1985. <laughs> they both I Am a the Night is the one that people always are like, it's, it's, I, it, I can hear early, you know... What they became coming out of it, you know? Like, they I always try it. to talk it up like it's good. I could hear it. Yeah, I'm not privileged enough. I will say Projects in the Jungle and I Am the Night, they do sound a touch racist. Um, they do a little bit. <laughs> a little they, have, bit. they have tones and the Confederate flags don't help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, uh, it seems like they're almost growing out of their racism in a way. And then Great Southern Trendkill happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am the night, boys. Uh, the, yeah. The great uh, Southern. Interesting. Um, so Jerry, Daddy Daddy Jerry at Pantego Sound produced both of these albums. He was also acting pretty much as the band's manager, which made it very awkward for Mr. Glaze and Rex Rocker because uh, the band was, like, growing bigger and bigger, and there was, like, decisions being made, and it was basically just the two Abbots and their dad... <laughs> Um, and people were primarily showing up for Dimebag Daryl because, like, he's a really good guitarist. Who gives a shit about Terry Glaze? Yeah. 
He's a gamer word. <laughs> Whenever we meet with our manager, aka the 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 Abbott's father, we have to wear our cowboy hats <laughs> when we have our our meetings. Those are our meeting hats. It's uh, not <laughs> good. That's why I quit. Hey, the band. partners, My name is Terry Glaze. Gosh. So although Daryl's love for Van Halen and Kiss never went away, there was a new sound on the scene, and that would be Metallica. Oh, shit, brother. Brother! So Metallica had actually already heard of Dimebag in the mid-'80s, thanks to his girlfriend, Rita. Remember, this is a handy relationship going on. She gave Metallica handies. So, during the Ride the Lightning tour, Rita was able to get her ass blasted, allegedly backstage by Lars Ulrich and James Hetfield. Um, And I'm assuming during the double penetration, she was like, you ever heard of my boyfriend's band, uh, Pantera? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, really? Uh, Yeah, so this was coming from... Rita said they were... Both close. She said that she was close friends with Lars and James. Uh, Terry Glaze was like, "No, she was backstage with them." <laughs> and there's no know, close friends here. Yeah, yeah. She's also close friends with Dimebag for twenty, what, thirty years? What, how long was it? Fucking, they never got married. They were just buddies the whole yeah, time. Like Forty <laughs> yeah. years or something. Ugh. Um. So, yeah, she's like, you ever hear about Pantera? And they're like, actually, we have heard about this kid, Dimebag, Daryl. So they came down to Savvy's in Dallas, Texas, and checked out some Pantera shows. And also, while they were there, probably stretched out Rita's anus a little more. Like, hey, Dimebag, uh, what's my dick taste like? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How kind of you to sample my girlfriend. Now I will go up there on spandex. (laughs) (laughs) that's cool right guys right metallica were you guys watching yeah we're watching we saw it from the inside (laughs) finger blast and rita (laughs) uh so uh dime didn't really seem to mind the fact that his girlfriend was being railed by metallica he had I mean, found, who would, you know? Yeah, I mean, he had found greatest his... Greatest metal band of all time. Yeah, he had found his new sound, and that was like... Metal! Metal, yeah! Yeah! All right, well, th- that's extremely metal of you. Yeah! Yeah, give me fuel, give me fuel. Hell, that love fuel. Ooh, yeah! Heavy music. Uh... Metallica was the reason I started playing drums too. Well, they were the not the reason, but Ride the Lightning was the first album I learned how to play because it's so easy. Because Lars isn't a very good drummer, so <laughs> Metallica is great if you want to learn drums. Start there. Yeah. Got Same s- beat, fucking over and over and over and over again. You'll get it. <laughs> You'll get there. So lead singer Terry Glaze, he's like, I've pretty much had enough of this band. Dime is over, is like overpowering my sweet hair metal vocals with his power shredding. And with his new metal direction, he's like, no, I'm all about singing like a lady and walking around in my spandex. I don't want to do this. So he's like, I'm out. Now, Glaze Vinny is Dime, the kind of guy who has knowledge of what stays. What is staying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's going to stay in a blouse? <laughs> Um, he just fucking shot on out of there. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So Vinny and Dime were now at a loss. 
Will Pantera continue? Of course, because it's Pantera. Well, so Pantera Vinny, is only Dimebag, right? Well, yeah, it's Dime and Vinny. It's the brothers. It's, it's, well, a, right. it's the Dimebag show. He's a yeah, fucking well, spectacle. Yeah. Um, so Vinny basically put out feelers in the scene in 1986, and they found their new singer, one that sounded almost identical to James Hetfield in his hairs and years, and that would be Enter Scumbag Phil Ansama. He's a nice man. He's a nice man with bad jokes. <laughs> bad, bad, bad He was bad, drinking bad white wine. <laughs> yeah. He was drinking white wine, <laughs> and that, you know... Honestly, I he thought that was funnier than power. the other joke. He didn't mean the white power thing. It was a joke. You know, we all fucking Heil Hitler and white power when we're joking. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes In your hand just slips. In front of a large slips. crowd of people. Yeah, your hand just <laughs> slips into like an upright position. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So, it's so funny. So Phil was, Phil was 18 from New Orleans at the time. He was in a band called White Razor. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, white razor. Uh, you're making that up, right? Uh, nope. The white know. razor, and he was way more edgy than the Abbott brothers. Way more edgy in like a white nationalist skinhead type of vibe. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, like that, like American History X style. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> it's very accusational of what you're saying here. Travis, I don't know if I can condone all this. Uh, well, well, you know, it's I'm like all... he saw the movie and was like, "I like that." Man, everything about himself. it until the end. I didn't really like the ending. <laughs> 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 I like the first half. Yeah, <laughs> he's got the look. He's got the look. Um, so Vinny and Dime were like, "Yeah, this guy's metal," and like they went with Phil, and that's how you know this the the real version of pantera brother that's how it launches right this good is a fucking shit. call by the way yeah. good this call is, yeah this is a shit you're going to find on spotify and you're going to he also hear it at any old school metal bar you know oh yeah um now we're going to kind of speed through the music stuck stuff cuz this isn't really a music uh you know, show and basically just like i'm going to go through it all and then we can go into the antics of the 80s and 90s so they released their fourth album, which was Phil's first album, creatively named Power Metal, in 1988. Um, which, you know, they had Magic Metal, got Phil, Power Metal. Yes, The better. magic's gone. Magic's gone. It's all power now, brother. What kind of power? You know what kind of power. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Power. He's talking about white wine. Don't you understand? He was talking about white wine. <laughs> <laughs> they had it backstage in the green room. It was a joke. It was for yeah, all to yeah. see. They were having a joke before, and they they told everyone to clap. The all, you could see the uh, applause now comes on. Continue now, <laughs> yeah. Travis. So white power metal. Uh, yeah, white power metal. Shortly after the release of uh, power metal, Dave Mustaine of uh, Death Me uh, Megadeth uh, called up Dime. Was like, "Yo, you want to play for Megadeth?" Why not? Oh. Diamond thought about it. He thought long and hard, and he's like, you know what? I'm not going to be able to join if Vinny can't be on drums. Daryl, it's me, Dave from Megadeth. It's me. Hello, Daryl. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's a pretty good one. I've been doing that for years. Hello, me. It's me again. Got a lot of Sweating bullets. <laughs> 
So from there, they would go on to make Cowboys from Hell in 1990, which is accredited as one of the, again, one of the most influential metal albums. It actually reached number 27 on the Billboard charts back when that meant something. It reached number one in every fucking wannabe metal guitarist fucking CD player forever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was in that constant rotation and that disc um, thing that you'd have in your trunk. It's got right, some bangers yeah. on it, though, for sure. Yeah, and most of the album is pretty solid. Um, that whole like, I feel like Psycho Holiday is like the perfect montage music for the '90s. You know, you have he, he hits all them real high notes in there. Fucking, it's got a little bit of the '80s left in it. It's just oh, yeah. enough of that '80s swing. It's like, oh yeah, it's grooving. We can almost do hip hop to this. I just want to, the stems though, and I just want to mute Phil. I just don't like his voice at all. Well, you're missing <laughs> I like out. Dar- I like Daryl's playing. I like the groove. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's uh, your problem. Vulgar Display of Power uh, was released in 92. What kind of power? Of <laughs> Phil Why power. Why are they always talking about power? Yeah, fucking- of white wine. They're, really, they just, they're drinking a lot of white wine. Vulgar Display of White Wine. Talk about out east Long Island. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then again, uh, far beyond white power in 1994. Oh. That's a stretch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, that ha- actually had um, debuted number one on the album charts, and the single Walk was actually nominated for a Grammy. <laughs> The single most annoying guitar riff of all time. People fight about that riff, too. Are you fretting each note, or are you bending the first fret? Guitar nerds are fucking stupid. It's fucking... It's <laughs> it's not a great riff. It's boring, and it's annoying, because it's... You go to Guitar Center, and you're going to hear it somewhere in that place. Somebody's going to be fucking trying to play Walk by Pantera. <sighs> it, it gives me a headache. It's a drum song, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get that. I don't know. It's like a tough guy anthem to me. Oh, totally. And I, and I, yeah, I don't really get down like that. Then 1996, the Great Southern Trend Kill. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. We'll get more on that. More on more of their aesthetic in a bit. And then their my last- favorite album of theirs, honestly, though. Great aesthetic for that one, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then their last album as Pantera, Reinventing Steel, came out in 2000. So that's the that order. Go- that goddamn electric on that one, brother. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the, the album release order. Now we're going to kind of dr- break our chronology and just kind of talk about Dime and the band and, you know, highlights. Sure. Or downfalls. The real, please. Yes. Um, so as I mentioned, Dime and the rest of the band, heavy, heavy drinkers. Dr- Dime's drink of choice was the Black Tooth Grin, named after some lyric in Megadeth's Sweating Bullets. Um, oh, now, I, a, black, a black... What's that? Oh, I, I, I thought it was uh, Dave Mustaine talking about a black tooth. I didn't know it was named from that. 
So, I, uh, uh, yeah, apparently it came from the song. They mm. say, Black Tooth grins somewhere. Hello, me. Yeah. Hello, me. It's me again. <laughs> what a silly song. So, a Black Tooth grin, which is also the name of the biography I read. That's how important it is. Uh, is a double of Seagram's, a double of Crown Royale, ice, and a splash of Coke just to turn that shit black. That, that Sounds I don't disgusting. like them. I've, I've been forced to have those as well. When you hang out at metal shows, you get asked to go play Dimebag tribute shows a lot, and the black tooth grins are always like the special. So just a bunch of fucking assholes. I got you a black tooth grin, man. Fucking for dime. For, for dime. dime. Like, ah, I got to drink this terrible drink. <laughs> or the plant does. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that oh, was just... actually that was actually a tactic that dime used to do. I mean, cuz everyone wanted to drink with dime, and I mean, the man drank himself almost every night he would drink until he passed out. Yeah, because he was him. awesome. Yeah, he was a fucking awesome dude, but so many people were buying him shots that a lot of the times he'd do the over-the-shoulder trick shot. Because he's like, I know my limit. Like, You know what I mean? Like, When you're that seasoned of a drinker, you know your limits. Yeah. So someone be like, yeah, dime! Here's a shot of tequila! And he, what? Right over the shoulder, into some broad's face behind him. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Well- um, now, uh, as I mentioned, every night, you know, Dime would get to the point of, there was like, he's like a study in how to get drunk, right? You know, he had like, he's always pretty jolly, right? You know, but he'd have the, you know, right when he started to drink, he's a little quiet. I feel like Dime was kind of reserved, actually, but he drank so much that he became such a party boy. He was pretty quiet in the beginning, and they got really chatty. And he got like wild, and then he would pass little, out. Little and, wife you know, beady, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, hey, I tell work. you, it helps because yeah. I, uh, I'm a great talker after several drinks. Yeah, uh, really, really, I am. So, um, the Abbott boys love to hit up all the metal clubs uh, or metal bars and strip clubs in the Dallas area. Um, if there was a rock band coming through, Dime would be there with strippers and black tooth grins. Um, one night in this, before he was in the pass out mode, Dime got so drunk that he decided to pee in the ice machine at a strip club while the bartender wasn't looking. And for the rest of the night, people were chugging piss ice of Dime Bag Daryl, these titty hungry patrons. <laughs> Honestly, it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. A little funny, yeah, for sure. And you, man, that's. Could you imagine? Just I like, drink- man, this this drink, it's a little funny. I don't know. Something weird about it. I don't know. I mean, and it's probably just me. I mean, honestly, <laughs> now, like, yes, it's funny. And I, I'm not going to take that back, but I am going to think about how many times I probably drank something piss that had, that had Dimebag Daryl's piss in it. Well, maybe not Dimebag Daryl's, but maybe, like, I don't know, <laughs> a woman's. <laughs> How else are you going to become a guitar god? Yeah. You have to drink his piss. It's like vam- vampirism. <laughs> that's, that's, we have to like save Carrie King's piss in vials. No one, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> no one has to save Carrie King's piss. No one needs no to one play like. No one thinks he's a guitar god. No. No one needs to play like Carrie King. The worst. <laughs> okay. You can make that argument for a few people, Travis, not him. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. That's a... Someone, well, so I, no. I guess, so guitarist is pissed, so does that mean I need to save, like, Meatloaf's cum in order to sing like him? <sighs> it, yeah. You could try it. Okay, cool. Hey, for science and for content, film it. Yeah, I can and replace the ketchup on my meatloaf with meatloaf's meatloaf sauce. Meatloaf, meatloaf's cum, and then you'll be able to sleep on things better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so with all the fame that Pantera got, Dime never left Arlington, Texas. Um, sure, the band was mainly touring most of the time, but uh, Dime bought himself a fairly modest house uh, with a studio built in back, which is pretty awesome. Uh, he actually had this like old Cadillac, and he would pl- had like a cable that went out of the studio and like would plug in the Cadillac so he could listen to his licks in the car. That's a little you know, over the top. Yeah, you know, get the a car experience of your 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 track. Hmm. Now hey, we could have just used Dropbox. What the fuck, man? Yeah, yeah, just saying. <laughs> it's uh, easy Bluetooth now. It. We 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 take that for granted. It's just like I had a cable installed. <laughs> ah. So if if you don't know, if you're listening, you don't know what Dimebag looks like, and you haven't looked at the art for this. He had himself a big uh, pink beard. Like pink goatee thing going on that he died. His so face, dime got he looks like he looks like the, you know that um that silent movie where they shoot the bullet into the moon's eye? His face looks <laughs> like that, but with a beard that that looks like it's half made of Twizzlers. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a great description. Um, Dime got himself a pet goat that he kept at the house and painted the goat's beard pink as well. So it was a little Dime and Dimebag Jr. I, I don't know what its name was. Watch out, PETA. We're going metal. <laughs> metal! Yeah. Ooh, so Sometimes metal. he didn't know if it was the goat or Rita. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> got black out enough. So uh, the house was a fucking mess. There was a bunch of Kiss stuff everywhere, like pinball machines. Like it's, it's like if a toddler owned a house, right? Like it's like lots and lots of stars and like a racist toddler. I can't tons imagine of stars and bars. that they graduated <laughs> high school. Um, I know Vinny did. I don't know if because he did. was already shredding guitar, shredding gnar at fucking what fifteen, sixteen. He was like, I don't need school. I'm just gonna be a fucking lead yeah. guitar player for Pantera, brother. And Could you imagine little baby Vinny Paul with his like little facial, uh, his little know, cum gutters? Yeah, his little cum gutters. He's got. <laughs> cum gutters. <laughs> and he walks up to the, they call his name at his high school graduation. He goes up to grab his grad uh, his uh, diploma and he goes. I'm not graduating unless my little brother Daryl can graduate too. <laughs> All right, Vinny. All right, Vincent sure. Paul. Sounds like a deal. It's Texas. We we barely are doing anything anyway. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. Um, and this is mainly just for us because I just and Tom, maybe Tom or Dylan, you can paint a picture. But I posted. Uh, we only have to watch a little bit of this. But there's a walkthrough. Dime's house is now like a museum. They just preserved it as is. Um, so this is like some. D- they hold bro. on a second. They preserved his house. Yeah, like they from did. like wh- how it was when he was off on tour. Yep, yep. Like when in, it's like a 2004 Kiss 
Stan like house. <laughs> it's imagine. a little tacky. It's a little tacky. There's Confederate flags. Uh, Framed Confederate flags. This house is retarded. It's like a strip club <laughs> made by Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody signed the name on the wall in the bathroom. Like, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> like, got those gas station swords on his wall. That's where it all happened. Oh, gosh. That's that. All right. So that's, that's his studio. Thing. I wish I had a studio in my house. I... Yeah, me too. Well, I mean, I do kind of, but I wish yeah, I had What are you talking about? You've cool already got studio. one. <laughs> yeah, that's like an actual, you know, like yeah. those are giant mixing boards. I, I yeah, it's like a $25,000 mixing board. Yeah, yeah, but that house, just so uh, to paint the picture, it's horrible. It's um, it's trash. It looks like mental illness made a house. <laughs> also, uh, in the beginning, when the guy's walking up to the house, he has a bench out front, and it's a stars and bars bench, just right on the front <laughs> lawn. <laughs> Look, I, like um, I get the rock and roll atmosphere. I have a friend. I'm not going to call him out, but he's got you know he's got a cool little pad, and it's uh, he's got all the tour posters he's been on and, and stuff like that, like all his cool stuff. It's like hung on the wall neatly, and it's nice. And you know he obviously parties, but then cleans between the parties and doesn't have like Christmas lights up. He, no he has, Christmas like, lights. He has track lighting, like a normal person. If you're going to put Christmas lights up, at least don't use the blinking Christmas lights. You know what I mean? You got to like live in this space. I had Christmas lights in the studio. Travis, you remember the studio we had? Yeah. It was in a basement they below blinking. a deli. And of course they weren't blinking, but we smoked on them. <laughs> and they could have been blinking. Yeah, they turned brown. They're brown Christmas lights. Merry brown Christmas. So speaking about the good old brown stars and bars, which I always imagine as two shit stains with corns, like little pieces of corn on there, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Confederate flag, one of Dime's most iconic guitars, uh, came out, out that he used after the Great Southern Trend Kill in 96. has a big old Confederate flag on it. Now, when questioned about the use of the flag, bassist Rex Rocker, Rex Brown, said that it was probably one of the biggest regrets he had of Pantera, and that they weren't using it as a sign of hate. It was just as rebellion. Right. Uh, yeah, but they were kind of rebellion for a little bit of hate. <laughs> yeah. It's not now, a good look, man. It's not a good look. No. Now, Phil Anselmo might have other views. As we've alluded to um, during the show, he was in the news for doing a Nazi salute and screaming white power, power at an annual Dimebag tribute in 2016. Right, but um, we have to make an addendum to that. It's white power as a joke. Yeah. It was a joke uh, about white wine. I don't know if we about talked about it so far on the show, but uh, white <laughs> wine was the joke. Very funny. I mean, I, th yeah. I think what it makes it extra funny is that it's coming from a man that has no hair, on, like has bicked his head. Yeah. yeah. And looks and wears like Doc Martin style boots. and Yeah. yeah. It's about <laughs> efficiency. He does have the whole look. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, maybe Patton Oswalt could pull that white wine joke off. Because I feel like he's got equal amount of hate in his body, just in different areas. Yeah, Patton Oswalt could use a writer. Yeah, maybe Phil Anselmo could work for Patton Oswalt, and he could just reverse the jokes. <laughs> yeah, he could write for him. Yeah, yeah. Just Ratatouille too, with uh, Phil Anselmo as the rat. 
The French rat. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is from New Orleans. So yeah, uh, yeah. you probably understand some um, some Cajun. Now, I'm not sure that dime would have been... Uh, again, I mentioned this whole joke about why Power was done at a annual dime bag tribute. I'm not sure dime would have been too happy uh, that Phil was doing that shit. Um, also that he was even doing a tribute to dime because towards <laughs> the end, they hated each other, which we're going to get into. They were not... Um, Buddies, but that's no, for sure. Not friends. So after the success of the great Southern trend kill, um, Vinnie Paul and Dime were like, we love drinking. We love strip clubs. We also love golf. You wouldn't imagine these men as golfers, <laughs> but they're a, big golfers. Did not know that. So they're like, let's open up a golf course in Arlington, Texas. But wait, on the 19th hole, it's going to be a strip club, brother. <laughs> wow. Huh. Really? So, well, yeah. So Vinny was always like the numbers man. He was kind of like the, like the, he didn't seem like a very fun guy. Dime was the fun guy. So Vinny crunched some numbers. He's like, fuck, Dime. We can't afford the whole golf course shit. We got the, it's crimping our dreams. So they decided to open up a golf slash rock and roll strip club named the Clubhouse in Arlington, Texas. That still, has got still. to still be standing. I don't. I, I didn't look that up. Mm. But interestingly enough, Texas has one of those weird laws where if you have an all nude strip joint, you can't serve alcohol. Same here. Uh, but uh, that never stopped the boys and the VIPs from having a few of them black tooth mins. <laughs> All right, but also I don't know golf strip club kind of weird. Nah, it's fine. You want to whack my balls or something? Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't know how. How do they talk sexy to the strippers? Uh, you get a hole in in one. I think, birdie. I think the real difference, like if golfers were, if golf was a nighttime sport, then we would see a heavy overlap. I just think of shitty businessmen. Yeah, who also like to go to strip clubs. Yeah, that's true, but they don't. They don't uh, scream rock star. No, <laughs> they scream Nickelback because they have taste and success. Yeah, Nickelback exactly. will be featured in our script later. Stop spoiling it. Sorry, <laughs> I know too much. Uh, so uh, the strip club and dime bag attracted all sorts of celebrities and musicians. Uh, including one of Dime's all-time heroes, Gene Simmons of Kiss. What a gross man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's sure. just like the worst. <laughs> what do you think the first interaction was like? He was like, I'm coming in when Dime's there. Make sure he's there. I'm Gene Simmons. Hello, I'm here now. It's me, Gene Simmons. Uh, you must be Mr. Daryl. Show me what you do. Give me a lap dance. I am the Kiss Man. See my long tongue. Something like that. <laughs> so Dime actually had Gene autograph his chest and then tattooed Gene's signature onto his chest. Great. It's awesome. That's how much of a fanboy he is. There's actually also a story that Gene likes to bring up whenever uh, talking about Dimebag, where they're in this clubhouse and he was just having a conversation with Dimebag and Rita. And, you know, they're just talking. And Gene decides, I'm going to get my dick sucked right in the middle of the club. So he just like pulls his pants down, gets a blowjob, and continues his conversation because he's Kissman. Kissman. If you can like, lick it up, 
There's no I, way his uh, hair is real. Have you guys seen his hair? No, it's fake. I don't know if anything about that guy is real. Is his tongue yeah. real? I know his name's yeah. not. He's from Israel. <laughs> yeah. He's actually very... What do they call it when you're like uh, like a J- Jewish supremacist? Because they exist. <laughs> I don't know. A progressive? <laughs> no, he's he's very much like if you're not Jewish, you're like an inferior race. <laughs> that makes sense. I've been yeah. saying oh, that for years. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so the strip club also attracted Dallas NH- NHL team Dallas Stars. Uh, the boys used to hang out and party with uh, the boys of the Stars used to hang out and party with Dime and Vinny, even at Dime's house. The Stars During- hung out at bars? Stars at bars. Mm-hmm. Stars uh-huh. and bars. The Dallas Stars and bars. <laughs> yeah. So during one night of Black Tooth Grins, defensive m- defenseman. Craig Ludwig was like, yo, wouldn't it be great if, like, you wrote the theme song to the Dallas Stars? And then Dime and Vinny were like, wait. And they ran off, and they go re- went and recorded Puck Off, which is still played whenever the Stars score a goal. I've never heard of that. Here's Puck Off. It was pretty lazy writing. Dallas Stars! Yeah, especially when we get... Uh, closer towards the end of the song. This is so sick. I know, it's awesome. It sounds like uh, the menu music for a, like a racing game. Like you're on like a PS2 menu. Wait, wait for the little uh, lazy part at the end. Oh, the Viber Slap. Oh, yeah, they're just playing Cowboys from Hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, brother, we're going to write their, your theme song. It's <laughs> like Cowboys from Hell and Scream Dallas Stars. Oh, there he is, back at the house. Yeah, All right, so, well, that's uh, good. That's a good way to make a buck. Yeah, yeah, not bad. So if you go to a Dallas Rehash Stars Rehash a riff that made you a million? Let's make another million. Well, in 1999, the Stars won the Stanley Cup, and the after the after after party was held at Dimebag's house. So apparently, the Stanley Cup was thrown off the roof into Dime's pool and got a big old dent in it. So, if you know anything about the Stanley Cup, there's a guy called the Keeper of the Cup. This is always watching the cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently, the coaches paid him off uh, to kind of like say. It was dropped going into the plane because they didn't want the optics of, you know, the cup was thrown off of Dimebag Daryl's roof into a pool and dented. <laughs> well, That's fucking crazy because I'm sure, like, I'm not a hockey, but I'm sure they take that cup very seriously. and It's like a, you know, a huge deal. If it, Man, yeah. that's rough. They're just throwing it. <laughs> Look, yeah. You get enough drinks in me, it doesn't matter how serious I take something. I'm going to throw it off of a roof. <laughs> I mean, if the roof is there and the pool's there and the cup's there. It's going. You knew what you were getting into, cup holder. <laughs> so Dime- You walk into this house, it's got these Christmas lights up blinking. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, gonna, right. uh, this is going to be fine. Uh, yeah, the so keeper, many Confederate flags. Keeper of the cup starts starts sweating. Like I don't know if I don't know if it's proper for the Stanley Cup to be in this abode. <laughs> it's yeah, the one he's English probably Canadian. Guy. 
It's, it's the one English guy in the NHL who's just like, this is not going to go well. Oh, my goodness. It's Vinny White Jones. Clubs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Dime was also a big fan of David Allen Coe, surprisingly. Um, Known racist. Yes. Uh, David, who was much older than Dime, actually had worked with Jerry with Dime's dad, Jerry, back in the day at his studio. Dime once waited online full of regular fran- fans. Keep in mind, this is he's already like Grammy nominated, just to get David Allen Coe's autograph. Um, and David Allen Coe, who n- had no clue who he was, he was like, "What is a Pandera? What is, when's Banderas?" <laughs> Anyway, they got drunk together and did some collaborations uh, later on in the career. That um, album's fucking awful, man. <laughs> rebel meets Rebel. It's it's what it's all of Pantera without Phil, and then they just got David Allen Coe, and it's like this country metal fucking yeah. <laughs> Confederate flag covered. I don't know. It's 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 uh it's basically January sixth material. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's right wing Lulu, the Lou Reed Metallica album. Yeah, it's the 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 other side's version. Yeah, <laughs> we all need an anthem. We we see how they both play out. It's not good. It's not good to be on either side right now. I want. I hold on. I'm gonna while you're talking. I'm gonna look up some of these song names of that album because I remember them being pretty rough. Uh. Uh, Cowboys do more dope. That's a good one. That's cool. Uh, Cherokee cry. Um, I'm not sure why they went that route. Scalping. <laughs> yeah, scalping. No, n- no compromise. That's. I'm sure that has a lot to do with the uh, the whole album cover is eagles and flames and Confederate flags. Ooh. Oh boy. It's just some, <laughs> you, you know what you're getting into. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Boys and girls at home, it's called taste. <laughs> I feel like uh, somebody needs to send that. Anytime, anytime someone complains that something is like untasteful and racist, you just send that over. Just remember where we come from. Well, you gotta <laughs> gotta remember. You have this album that he did with David Allen Coe, but we, no one ever talks about the album he did with David Allen Greer. Okay, it's uh, it's way different. <laughs> it's not uh, a good. Joke. I don't know who Alan, David Allen Greer is. is he he's, a, he's a black comedian. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, all right, so those were the good times, and now for the bad. And when I say bad, I mainly mean the Phil Ensamo times. So, uh, Phil is just kind of a complete piece of shit. I know he's alive, uh, but whatever. Um Phil thought Pantera owed him something, kind of because he was so metal and so hardcore, and it was obvious that everyone was there to see Phil and his singing, even though they literally just like picked him up out of a phone book, you know? Like, <laughs> I know you're not a fan, but he sounds sick. But it's the dime show. No, I mean, Phil was a big, he actually was a big part of it. Yeah. Like, he would, brought that yeah, hardcore, more hardcore element and, like, got people going. All if right. fucking Terry Jizz would have stayed in the band, there's no way they would have ever <laughs> went went as as far as they did. Yeah, I'm, like, a ter- I'm a Terry Jizz fan. I don't know about you. <laughs> I'm a big Terry Jizz fan. It's You live in Portland. You're hip. <laughs> um, Terry no. Jizz probably lives in Portland, too. 
he, <laughs> he is Portland. Um, watch the um, Pantera live in Russia domination. Domination. I think it's like 1994, and uh, it's like the the spectacle that is the band. Like everyone's important there except for Rex Brown, but everyone's important, <laughs> and the crowd is just going insane. And like Phil has them going. It's it's wild, right? Uh, I mean, uh, he, so, um, I think it's interesting because they also did that show. I think Metallica was there too, like, be- like before the fall of the Soviet Union, where it was like some weird metal show that they allowed in Russia. I think that's like, it. right. That- yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. That's the one I'm uh, talking about. Watch. Yeah. Them playing domination in Russia is like, it's nuts. Well, there's a lot of people that share Phil's views in Russia. They're, you know, they don't like a lot of people. Fair enough. He's like, I fit in over here. Yeah, yeah. These are my you look like white power rants. Yeah, <laughs> they th- uh, they get my comedy. They get my comedy. Yeah, get- about white wine. They also like heroin. Oh, this. <laughs> yeah. White so- wine, white horses, white power, brother. <laughs> it's so- about the message, comedy. Yeah. Yeah, even though <laughs> even though he was even though he was uh, in this band, he didn't live in Texas. He remained uh, living in New Orleans, Phil. Um, and while he while the band wasn't touring, he's was all he was up to all sorts of sneaky shit. And by sneaky shit, I mean heroin. Lots of it. Uh, lots of heroin. It's awesome. Um, and, and great it's, music came from it. Such good music came from yeah. him doing heroin. God damn it. Yep. So, so it's not like the band didn't know. Phil had transit made the he had transitioned. He was a very powerful man, uh, very brave of him. He transitioned from muscle relaxants for his back inj- injuries to the far more reputable heroin. I don't know if you've As heard you about it. It's great for back injuries. He was doing heroin before it was cool, really. Yeah. And he, you know, now everybody now everyone's doing it. It's yeah. Fucking, and, and that's why Kurt Cobain shot himself because he sees this guy doing heroin and being awesome, and he's just like, I can't keep up with that guy. <laughs> Better shoot myself. I've, I have way too much hair to keep up with that man. He's so <laughs> slick; he can beat me in a pool race any day. Um. So in 1996, after a show in Dallas, Saled, uh, Phil OD'd. Whoopsies. <laughs> um. But he lived, uh, and. But that was kind of the beginning of the downward spiral that would break up Pantera. Um, Phil had had a taste of, and this came uh, mainly from one his own. One little overdose, guys. You're gonna kick me out for one little overdose? Come on. Well, well, in so many words, I'm kind of like taking a whole bunch of interviews that I watched of Phil. Um, he had ha- tasted death, and his ambitions were. Uh, far more dark artistically than party metal Pantera. He just like knew what death was about and had to get more real, more serious. Awesome. Um, and he, and he also heard, the and he heard uh, Crowbar, which yeah. really changed. And he's Phil like, a I'm, lot. I'm tired of all this Texas bullshit. Let's talk about New Orleans now. Yeah. Yeah. So Phil, uh, the previous year, had also assaulted a security guard with his microphone, which landed him in jail and uh, 100 hours community service. Um, that guy probably deserved it, though. Well, yeah. Rex, yeah, Rex Brown said that Phil did the right thing as the guard was roughing up a fan and defended that Phil was defending him. And he compared 
that Phil was innocent, just like Randy Blythe of Lamb of God, who accidentally killed a fan in what Hungary somewhere. I, uh, that was in the Czech Republic. And like as as goofy as Randy Blythe is, he didn't kill that guy. That you can yeah. see it. It's on camera. Yeah, guy staged up. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't even fucking touch the guy. Um, oh, so, and crowbar speak- rules, by the way. Just want to be uh, upfront about that. So, speaking about our bassist friend Rex, Phil started to pull Rex away from the Abbott brothers, uh, sowing seeds of uh, you know that they're going against their best interests. You know, and he's filling, like, I got heroin, buddy. Yeah, he was filling their his head with bullshit. Mm. See what he did there? Mm-hmm. Phil. Phil, he filled him up. Yeah, filled him on up. The old Glazed influential him. bass player syndrome. You can always uh, whisper something in their ear. So Phil was getting harder and harder to get in touch with after the great Southern tread, tread kill. And um, he had actually formed another band down at the yeah. time. Um, and then, sick. bam, boom, 9-11 happens. This is the big turning point for Pantera. Phil's big break. America gets racist again. (laughs) Here we go, boys. Just what we need to open our eyes and talk about comedy for what it is. So Pantera was actually flying that day. They had flown out to Dublin on a European tour with Morbid Angel, Slayer, and Static X. Very sick. I would see that. when they landed in Dublin, the big old 9-11 towers had fallen, and everyone was sad. Yeah. <laughs> so the well, tor- probably not people in Dublin, probably just Pantera. They were asleep yeah. when it happened. Yeah, Dublin's <laughs> like, who fucking cares? It's one building. Two buildings? Oh, fucking whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, I didn't really mention it before, but it took a while for Dime to like actually like uh, Europe. He was very much like a Texan, like, I don't like what they're doing here. Oh, I can wh- see that. Wh- why why yeah, are they sure. giving me leaders of things? But then he, like, warmed up because, you know, uh, English people love Pantera. I am yeah. sure that on that tour, they made fun of Wayne Static's hair more than anything. <laughs> yeah. Which oh, I, definitely. I poo-poo them for that because he had great hair. I love him. Yeah, how are you going to be called Wayne Static and not have your hair look like you fucking stuck it in a socket? They, he nails it. He really does. He, he does. He paints he a picture a by looking like hard. a paintbrush. <laughs> so the band canceled their tour, returned home, and went on break because 9-11 is scary. We don't want to do anything. When the time came to start touring again, Dime reached out to Phil and was like, all right, we got to start touring. And Phil was like, oh, I can't because I just formed a new band called Super Joint Ritual. Hell yeah. Maybe my favorite project of his. Uh, which has a black member in it, by the way. I'm not sure Ooh. if it's a beard or just, uh, I don't know if he's really black into face. comedy, as we've been mentioning, <laughs> or something. I don't know. Uh, so this really pissed off the Abbots, and there was some hillbilly words thrown around, and basically <laughs> uh, Pantera was over. <laughs> How do you um, think that conversation went? Fucking gamer word <laughs> with your fucking metal, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to change the world, brother. Travis, did do you listen just... to Superjoint by any chance? No, no. <laughs> they had this one album where they just recorded it all live, and 
It's so angry. It, it is so angry, and um, Phil counts off every song. So every song yeah. starts with, what, dude, what does it for? Yeah. <laughs> it's great. And then it's like weird punk beats and him playing guitar poorly and fucking heroin mumbling some shit about society. It's actually fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's good. It's, you know, it's cross punk. It's like, it's yeah. kind of like discharge worship. Oh, okay. Um, so, I mean, here's the thing. So, like, Dime's not about to stop playing here. The problem was is Pantera was not just like uh, the Terry Glaze Pantera beta as before, where they just find a new member. Right. So it's, a, it's a brand now. So they couldn't just find a new singer. So, uh, I mean, you mentioned Super Joint. Uh, it's it's kind of cool. Uh, in 2002, Dime and Vinny start Damage Plan, which is... Really not very good. Not cool at all. No, no, not, not good. <laughs> yeah. I think it says a lot, the fact that, you know, we like, we're talking about how we like Dimebag Daryl, how we like Vinnie Paul, and they're these great two musicians, but they needed Phil Anselmo, a guy who yeah. we're talking so much shit about, but like every project he does is pretty sick. Um, yeah. I guess it just takes a little I, bit of... Down time. is actually fucking like... That the first couple down, I actually all the down albums are really fucking good, mostly all the way through. And he's like, I don't need these fucking asshole brothers. I saw totally down him. open for System of a Down. At, uh, that's confusing. It's very confusing. I didn't know who they were. I was like, it was when Toxicity came out, so I had to have been maybe thirteen. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. So I'm, yeah, I'm thirteen ish. Um, I don't know who they are. I don't know who Phil Anselmo is at that point. I don't even. I hadn't listened to Pantera when I was thirteen. I see this guy come out. He, they do a song. I'm like, this is pretty heavy. That's my thought process. They take a break. Uh, I mean, they finish the first song. He goes. To, so this is Jones Beach, huge arena. I mean, how many people do you think fit in there? Like, oh yeah, I don't know. It's pretty much like a stadium just on the water. Yeah, it's like a amphitheater stadium. Yeah. So Phil Anselmo. My first impression of this man ever in my life is that he goes up to some kid in the front row who has spiky hair, which is very popular at the time. And he goes, how long did that take you to do? And the kid's like, five minutes. And he's like, oh, five minutes? And he turns away, he's just like, fucking f <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I'm not making that up. That's my first impression of Phil Anselmo. I was like, damn, that guy's a dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it sounds uh, about right though, shit. <laughs> All right. So these the Abbott brothers, they form the new band Damage Plan. No space in between that, by the way. Just Damage Plan. Damage Plan. Damage Plan. Uh and the album they recorded is Newfound Power. Keep in mind that Newfound <laughs> Glory was top of the charts at the time. <laughs> Very creative. Oh boy. It's just not the um, same without Phil. The power is not uh, as funny. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like a newfound off-white power. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somewhat more inclusive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they also got the singer Bob Zilla, who was basically some guy they knew through tattooing. Like their tattoo artist was like, check this guy out. Awesome. He's got a cool name, dude. He can. He, he's in. <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, the album was not very well received. Uh, the brothers were both in their 40s. It's pretty cringy shit, to be honest. Yeah. They had like one track that I can I can listen to, and I'm like, it's not bad. I hear the, you know, they, they nailed this one, and then yeah. the rest of it's just kind of like, this would sound really good if Phil was singing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think like a, a big problem is with those bands like, Bands like that who like are restarting their career so late and they already have a name for themselves is that they're never going to develop. Yeah. So there's no like real going up from there. They might put out another album that might be a little better than the last, but these guys are set in their ways. Well, right. So they go on tour in 2004 and they're like starting from scratch again. So yeah, they use small clubs. Yeah, they right? used yeah. they used to play like arenas and stadiums like with Pantera, like you know, they went to Russia like as ambassadors of metal music. Um now they're playing up close and personal like small venues, like local band shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 100 100 200 people max fucking tiny shithole places. I'm sure they're selling them out. Um, oh, yeah. because ju- just because of uh, Vinnie Paul and Dime, but I, I I think it makes sense. Um, you know, there's guys who I've talked to who have played larger venues and they like playing some smaller venues. If they can get a good mm-hmm. deal, you know, if they can get a guarantee that's like five grand out of it, and you know, make a few small, t- I, it, it it makes sense. Right? Fans like that shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, because you can, you're like fucking right there, you know. You can right. like, I could fucking, I got dime bags spit in my mouth. Right. So <laughs> one of my neighbors was talking about how he went to a, a smaller um, Limp Biscuit show, and that he would tu- be fantastic. He touched Fred's balls. Fred didn't See? even notice because they're huge. <laughs> yeah. Anybody that's willing to just fucking go for it like that has to have huge balls. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I'm a massive Limp Bizkit fan. I don't even give a shit. I I know, man. I I think their new album's amazing. It's great. I haven't they heard it yet, job. but I'm, I'm excited it's to tr- try it out. I mean, there's a couple tracks just riff wise because you know West Borland's the shit. Skip the so. acoustic ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could probably skip those, but the heavy songs are good. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, I liked uh, Wes Borland's um, Big Dumb Face project. Mm-hmm. That was good that stuff, too. Tight. So I know he mentioned 9-11 already, but in the words of the great uh, David Drainman of Disturbed, the day Dimebag died was the 9-11 of rock. A little of all of us died <laughs> he, that day, too. He did not say that. Really? Quote. <laughs> Man. Damn. So my first concert was Disturbed in Corn in 2002. So it was Sick. the Believe tour, and he was doing like all of the "We gotta use our music as a weapon" fucking <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> so yeah, I can imagine he did some dumb speech talking about dying, but oh, fucking terrible. <laughs> the 9/11 of rock with his face spike piercings. Oh god, <laughs> yeah, that's I. Th- I was going to say, surprisingly, I do remember, like, not really the day, but, like, I remember when Dimebag died, just because it was in the news and shit, and they had all that footage. Well, t- was tell us the story, and then we can remember. Yeah, I was, I was in high school. Tell the yeah, people well, who, who are listening right. to the show who don't know, yeah. and then we can talk about how we remember it, and yeah, our how personal we 9-11, too. We'll never forget, never forget. <laughs> Uh, we'll never forget December eighth, two thousand four, the twenty fourth anniversary of John Lennon being gunned down in New York City. Same mm-hmm. day. Wow. 
Fucking um, Lennon Day. And uh, Pearl Harbor was the day before that. You ooh, might ooh. say that Dimebag, or you might say John <laughs> Lennon was uh, Rock and Roll's Pearl, Pearl Harbor. Harbor. <laughs> Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Oh, jeez. It's all coming together, thanks to David Draymond of Disturbed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Damage Plan had just finished up a tour on the East Coast, and we're heading back to Arlington to record their second Damage Plan album, which I'm sure was going to be way better than New Found Power. Um, like, let's use the old Found Power. <laughs> Get yeah. Phil back. Good old Power. <laughs> Let's get him drunk and then have him just yell at us over the phone. <laughs> Use as the, the vocals. So yeah. the the guys drank a lot. This was like a smaller tour. I'm sure they were getting paid pretty like a lot. But as I mentioned, they're doing small venues. So they're like, let's just hit up one show on the way back to Texas. The venue was the Al Rosa v- Villa uh, in Columbus, Ohio. From what I've heard, shithole. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've seen pictures of it. It looks like a like a bodega that has been abandoned for you know centuries. Yeah, it's not a nice place to die. Yeah, no. Oof. Um, Damage Plan was getting their first song, or sorry, Damage Plan was getting into their first song when Nathan Gale, an ex-military that had been discharged for schizophrenia. Jumped up on stage and pulled out a nine millimeter Beretta and shot Dimebag Daryl. Um, Nathan continued to fire. Dimebag was shot through the right cheek, uh, left ear, back of the head, and right hand. He was probably dead before he hit the floor. God damn, he fucking going for it. Yeah. Him, so Gail continued to unload his nine millimeter, killing Fan. Uh, Nathan Bray, 23, who ran up on stage to help Dimebag, uh, not knowing he was just dead. Uh, club employee Aaron Hawk, who was 29, and Pantera security official security guard Jeff Mayhem Thompson, he who gave had that nickname. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah, totally. He had he had been chasing Gail through the crowd after he saw him jump the fence to get into the venue. Now, Gail had taken another person hostage after shooting these people uh, when police officer, and this is his actual name. You can look it up. It's a terrible, terrible, terrible name. James Niggemeyer uh, shot Gail in the back with his Remington seven, uh, 870 Express. <laughs> that's, um, that's when Phil stopped being racist. That's when he when heard the that. Took he over. Said, this, is not, this is not funny. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> funny. <laughs> uh, okay, so now was Nathan Gale crazy? Yes. Uh, had he also jumped up on a damage pa- uh, during the tour? Had he also jumped up on the the stage when Damage Plan was Plan was playing and made threats saying you broke up Pantera? Yes, but. Nail, uh, Nathan Gale had been listening to a bitter Phil Anselmo, um, and who was like going to town to the press about how Dimebag had broken up Pantera and quote saying Dimebag deserves to be beaten severely. So you know you get these like deranged uh, metal. You know they're listening to demon music. Uh, they're listening to terrible man. demon music. Mi- yeah. Military yeah. man. 
I mean, Pantera is recruitment music. Dimebag's gonna walk on homeboy if you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. It's definitely something that uh, goes well with camo. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking so, Pantera and Camo go together like fucking white power and white wine. <laughs> it's it's a funny fit. So so I do have a little bit of postmortem, but as I mentioned, like I remember Dimebag being shot, and I think I, my dad was like, "When you go to those ska shows, you got to watch out for active shooters." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, real big know. fish is gonna fucking <laughs> yeah. catch twenty two. You better watch out. Yeah, dude, I hate I... trumpets and they just fucking <laughs> blah 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 blah. <laughs> they have like the 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 Tommy gun and the trumpet case. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just a ska player. Nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I heard uh, from Justin, who has been on the show a couple times, and of heavy hole fame. I guess what we were 2004, so we were 15 ish. Yeah, we were in high school. I remember we were in the video yeah. room. He left a voice. I wasn't in the video room. You guys were there, and he left a voicemail. He was skateboarding. He was just like, "Holy shit, man! Did I've got it!" And I was like, "What? What did you say?" Like, I called him back to go, "What did you? What are you talking about?" And then he told me, and I was very upset. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of crazy I heard on the radio. It was like, like my 9/11. Yeah, you know, I uh, I never forgot. Never forgot. Because yeah. fucking Pantera fans won't shut the fuck up about it. Every goddamn year I got to do a Dimebag tribute. Fuck, everybody's got their Dimebag tribute shows going Remember on. Remember Dime, bro! <laughs> um, so the uh, the original Dimebag uh, tribute show was actually his memorial, uh, which was televised. Um, and everyone in the rock and roll metal scene was there. Kerry King. James Boy from Metallica, Robert Zombie, Marilyn <laughs> Marilyn Manson's, Zachary Wilde, they're all there. And oh, and who can forget one of Dimebag's closest friends, Nickelback lead singer Chad Kroger. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the See. two of them worked together with Kid Rock on a cover of an Elton John song, "Saturday Night <laughs> All Right for Fighting," for the 2003 Charlie's Angels Full Throttle soundtrack. Who Way to remember? ruin Elton John. <laughs> but, and this yeah. is for a dime tribute? Do they know who dime was? <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming they did, or maybe they just didn't get, the, they crossed the memo, I don't know. No, Chad was just like, oh yeah, I remember playing that song for that movie that one time with dime, and we loved it. Uh, I think they toured or something together, and they actually were buds, like drinking buddies They were and buds. Shit. They're probably but, uh, really nice guys. They just write Nickelback- music that's uh, too easy to make fun of. Every like the end of almost every Nickelback song has one riff for three seconds that you're like, why the fuck didn't you just do that the whole time? It's like it gets real heavy and then it ends. But they did yeah. write that song for Dimebag, uh, fucking it's like side of a bullet or something for. He, I think the story goes uh, as soon as I heard Dimebag died, I wrote a song about how I want to kill the man who fucking did it, not knowing that he was already dead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> huh. Uh, hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, if, like, if you're at I home like listening to this, sorry. and you wanna uh, you wanna laugh at something memorial wise, uh, Zach Rivers, uh, Zach Rivers, Zach Wilds in this river. <laughs> we were talking about it before we were rolling, but uh, check out that music video. Um, uh, Zach Wild, uh, Southern biker from New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, God. He's like a teetotaler now, isn't he? He looks like if you... Well, I met him in an airport, actually. Funny story. Uh, I was randomly fucking waiting to pick somebody up, and Zach Wilde fucking walks by, and I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Hey, And he bye. came and gave me one of those fucking, what's up, brother, side hug things. That dude smells so fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, he... Just he's just a smelly fucking drunk in this river singing dude. God, that that video does suck really bad. He's playing the piano in the fucking. There's like in the river. It, it's it's like a comedy bit. Like the whole thing is awful. It's so bad. Like the 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 singing, the the wailing guitar solo over somber piano. Not good. Not a good. You're not Guns thing. and Roses. Get out of here. Oh God. So, so uh, you know who wasn't invited to this memorial? Uh, little Phil boy. He showed up in Dallas thinking that he would be invited, but Vinny and Rita were like, "If that, don't let that fucker near this event." So Phil watched the event from his nearby hotel room, probably doing heroin. Was <clears throat> right. oh, he still on the heroin then? He got I don't clean. Know. He got clean somewhere in there. I've I've heard that he. I think he said he relapsed like two or three times. I don't know. Maybe he was clean. Uh, who knows? Um. So Dime was buried in I think one of the most gaudy gravestones ever in Arlington, and it has become a mecca for anyone into metal. Um. And yeah. I just wanted to post this one picture for you guys. I'm just gonna put it in the chat. Um, this is just kind of, I think, sums up. You can kind of see what the tombstone looks like. Uh, he's also buried in a kiss coffin. Yes, he is buried in a kiss coffin. Um, and I think he has a guitar signed by Van Halen. He yeah, eventually did meet uh, Van he Halen. He put it in the casket Yeah, at the fucking thing or whatever. I'll be completely yeah. honest. If I'm ever in the area, I'm stopping there. And I'm going to throw some horns up. And and drink, not a black tooth grin, but something in that spirit, a Gatorade. Yeah, I had a giant Pantera vinyl sticker on my first guitar. Okay, guys, can't front. I had many a Pantera shirts. Hell yeah! You know who else stopped at the grave to not pay their respect? In 2015, a band named Nuclear Hellfrost made <laughs> I papers. Remember this. When they defaced Dime's grave, um, it wasn't really defacing it. They just made an Instagram post where they uh, they made a cutout of a razor blade, like a safety razor, which is what Dime used to wear around his neck, with the three-letter uh, gamer word written on it. And in the <laughs> post, it says, I hate Pantera with a passion, period, and so does the rest of my band, period. So on tour... Going through Texas, we paid douchebag Daryl a visit. We spat on his grave, stole a pair of cowboy boots that I'm assuming some putty just left there. And I wrote Gamer Word on his grave. He, they didn't really write it. They just put it on a piece of paper. Yeah, well... And, and then, it says, then it says dot, dot, dot. In not a homophobic, but I hope, <laughs> but I hope the Pantura fans see this and shit themselves with anger. Fuck Dimebag, bunch of racist hillbillies. Well, he's not wrong about that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also not defacing either. It's more like littering. Yeah. Yeah. And he, who would notice? Because there's probably a lot of other uh, 
gamer words going on around that gravesite. <laughs> yeah. My so goodness. Vinny was all pissed off and made the news and everything like that. Um, and just to sum it up, Vinny um, never forgave Phil, although it wouldn't stop Phil from attending all of these shitty Dimebag tributes every year to honor Dimebag, even though they didn't end on the best terms. Vinny Paul continued to play music, forming his own record label and the band Hell Yeah in 2006. <sighs> yeah. Oh, um, but in June, on June 22nd, 2018, uh, Vinny died in his home in Las Vegas at the age of 54. Vinny was always a big old boy with those little cum gutters that you mentioned on his face and the mm-hmm. cowboy hat. And he died from a dilated cardiomyopathy and cardio art- art- artery disease. Something to do with the heart because he's a big boy, chunky. He uh, sure was. I, I would be willing to wager uh, cocaine maybe not was, wasn't involved on the day, but those guys did a lot of blow. Like if you For look at sure. if you look at Dime through the years, he is like ballooning, and and losing a lot of weight. Like th- all the signs of like prolonged cocaine use, and then quitting, and then going back on it. Um, I don't know. I mean, f- from from what I read, it seemed like they were not big on cocaine. To be honest, as I mentioned, I mean, maybe when they got older, but in the beginning, they weren't into cocaine. I'm not saying. I'm not saying in the beginning. I'm saying like as they got big and Pantera, yeah. uh, not Beta Pantera, but Pantera took Al- off. Right. Alpha, Alpha. I'm sure when they're Alpha mode, they were doing like alpha strip lines. clubs and fucking just partying all night. Yeah. There's got to be cocaine. You got it. You got to yeah. stay up somehow. Yeah, in cocaine. your 30s, you can't party like without you used cocaine. To. So you got to pretend. <laughs> it's called. Yeah. Cocaine. I do gotta say that. That son of that fucking asshole Nathan Gale really made it so I had to hear about fucking Dimebag for the rest of my goddamn life. Like, <laughs> if he wouldn't have fucking shot him, Damage Plan would have put out another shitty album, and then eventually Pantera would have got back together, and they would have done a big reunion, and they would be like fucking Metallica right now, and put out a bunch of shitty music, and he would never be a god. He would just be another guitar player. Yeah, they could That's have had true. the Saint Anger of Pantera. They would have. They would have put out fucking reinventing the steel again and <laughs> with power. Yeah, with power. Reinventing the steel with power. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely see that. Like you know, Dime adopting, uh, like changing his style enough, wearing like a bowling shirt instead of the half clothes that he would wear on stage, and kind of being very professional about it. He's a big fan yeah, like of his camo shorts. He mm. rounds off the edges of his guitar and fucking... <laughs> Just sands them down. Takes uh. the pink out of his goatee. Yeah. Or it gets so long and... I don't know. This is this is ridiculous. Um, so guys. that's so that's Dime. I don't I don't think that you know he was sound like a fun guy, but I just kind of thought the story was fun and uh, yeah, bringing it. Unfortunately, to you guys. I think that if there is any real dirt on him, those people close to him will forever keep it that way. You know, like oh he, yeah, he, they're a tight knit group of fucking Southerners that aren't gonna sell out their boy. Oh yeah. I mean, you could tell. You could tell even from like writing this, like and watching interviews, like there was probably a lot more shit that went down. But well, just things that you can't get away with today. Yeah, that they oh, maybe oh, uh, yeah. we're we're uh, pushing some boundaries. 
if you're hanging out at strip clubs that much, you're probably doing some fucking some maybe not okay things. Do you think if Nathan yeah. Gale didn't do his thing, we would have had a Me Too, Daryl? Uh, Vinnie Paul for sure. Oh yeah. I think I think like I think maybe he real you know like at that point in time he probably was like I need to fucking clean my shit up. My brother just got shot in front of me. He probably became a little nicer guy, but I bet you that there's some some real touchy feely shit going on. Oh, I mean, <laughs> some of those strip clubs at the old fucking. 19th hole or whatever. Yeah, the house. Old, old golf in the ball birdie time. Look, a lot of the things that probably weren't discussed by that author who wrote the terrible book were things that, like, all three of us are probably jealous we couldn't do. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I mean, to some extent. <laughs> well, well, I'm talking about, um, I don't know, know. The, the Keith Moon esque behavior. Right. Now, maybe not the southern racist behavior. <laughs> I, I just don't have it in me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't, uh, I'm not that funny, you know? So I can't really just go around and, and paint the old uh, re- rebel flag on things. That's, I mean, I always like to salute no. Mussolini and say red power. So oh. <laughs> big fan of red, red sauce. Yeah, I could definitely the do Italian other red sauce. Stuff. I would probably have to... You know, side with Gene Simmons on some things, make a lot of business, you know, be like, I slept with 4,000 girls last year. Uh, <laughs> they weren't Jewish, but it don't matter. I was just banging them. They're trash women anyway. They were all Italian. Uh, so that's, that's dime. Any other thoughts, guys? Nope. Um, If you're a Pantera fan... Uh, just, just calm down. Just relax. <laughs> we get, like Pantera's good, dude. Yeah, I agree with you. They got some bangers, fucking influential to me as a musician. But just cut it out. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. just relax. It's he's he's a he's a guitar player. There's fucking better guitar players now. There were probably better guitar players then, but the internet didn't exist. That's right. Also, Dimebag did not dress well. Anybody no. that's in the metal. I mean, I had a friend of mine that has I'm Broken written on his forearm, <laughs> and he dressed exactly like Dime. He had the same kind of curly hair and shit, but not a good look. Like cut-off sleeves on a flannel. Cargo fucking, pants. Yeah, cargos. With cam- cargo camos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no thanks. Go get Blue a shirt boots. that fits right, boys. All right. Also, uh, f- fuck Gildan. For ripping off so many metalheads of proper fitting shirts. <laughs> sure, dude. That is, man, that hit me right in the heart. I know oh, exactly yeah. what you mean. Everyone Those who shirts. has supported one of their favorite underground bands, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Fuck those shirts. Shirts that last for six months. <laughs> Fits like shit on day one. Yes. All right. Uh, Travis, thank you very much for letting me know, keeping me in my place. Okay, Dylan, thank you very much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Appreciate your time. Yeah. I'm glad that you're informed on this, on this uh, subject, too. Made the I banter. didn't have to really do any research. I just lived it. <laughs> you lived it. <laughs> uh, Dylan, we have a lot of the same fans, but uh, please plug your wonderful show. I'm a big fan of it. Everyone should tune in. Thank you. Uh, NFHCpodcast.com. You can find any of the links to Discord, YouTube, 
We're on all the podcast players, not for human consumption podcast, if you search it on podcast, because we branded ourselves weird. Uh, <laughs> you have to search the full name if you want to find it on podcast, but if you go to YouTube, it's just uh, NFHC podcast. You can find we, we have full videos and all that good stuff. Lots of goofiness. We don't know shit. Uh, we don't teach you anything. We're like the complete opposite of this. We make you dumber, most likely. <laughs> and uh, we talk about coming, farting, shits, and watch stupid videos and shit. It's good times. I mean, I learn more about balls and things. Yeah, yeah. and you will be on there, uh, Travis, on this Friday we record. So I don't know when this one comes out, but you will I think be yours, on our next episode. Yeah, yours is going to be out earlier in the week. So if you're listening to... Roast Mortem, just go listen to this week's episode of NFHC. Hell Damn. yeah. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> Excited about it. Um, I'm going to drink a lot and maybe show you my balls. Fucking man. <laughs> Is it Friday yet? <laughs> oh, boy. Thank you, Shane, for listening, guys. Thank you. Good night.